Watch who? And welcome to To Watch Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. And I'm a Doctor Who fan. And I'm new to watching Who. Watching for the very first time. Very first time. That wasn't very good at all. Sorry. Oh, do you want to do it? What? <laughs> no. Do you know what? Just before I did it, I was thinking, oh yeah, I have to sing it this out. I don't think my voice is gone anywhere today. <laughs> We're recording on a Sunday. I've had a lazy day. What were you about to ask me, Mark? <laughs> Uh, well, I I was just about to ask you how many nine one have you seen today, but um... none. I haven't been out. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have been out. I have been out, but no, I didn't see any. I saw a lot of hungover people today, but <laughs> it's after the Wales England rugby match, so there's a lot of hungover people on the streets. But no, sorry. How many okay. have you seen? I've seen three. <laughs> 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 have we got any updates before we? Um... We both watched a film this week, like not together, but I saw it, told Mark, and Mark was like, I know I want to watch it. And I was like, so you should. So we watched Marcel the Shell with shoes on, which is a bit hard to say, Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Yeah, it's like an animated film. Well, sort of animated. stop motion. Like like stop motion. Yeah, it was really, really good. It's really hard to explain. Like, he's a shell called Marcel and he has shoes on and one eye. And he's trying to find his family. That's it, in a nutshell. It doesn't make more sense. It's not, it's just lovely. Tell me about what's life like. It's pretty much common knowledge that it takes at least 20 shells to have a community. My cousin fell asleep in a pocket. And that's why I don't like the saying, everything comes out of the wash. Because sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, maybe if people Google that, the trailer... Well, that's what you did after I was like, I'm going to see myself a shell with shoes on. And that's what you did. (laughs) Yeah, I really recommend it. I think it had a limited release. I'm sure one day it'll be out there on streaming. Yeah, definitely. Or something. Definitely. Neighbours has started streaming. The old old episodes have come up on Amazon. So they've gone big on that. So all of 2012 has gone up. And I never watched any 2012. So I've just started watching that. And after like one episode, I'm like already into the storylines and stuff <laughs> so i've got a whole year's worth of neighbors to start watching now on amazon before it actually starts yeah, up because again. you started re-watching it about 26 17 i want to i want to say 16 or i think 17, it was 17 yeah. i don't think it was 16 it wasn't brexit year <laughs> why do you remember 2016 is when brexit happened <laughs> and i just remember that it wasn't the same year of all that chaos I feel like... <laughs> Hang on, how are you linking the chaos of Brexit to me starting to watch Neighbours? Not Neighbours, no. I'm sure it's 2017. And it's like a crossover of when I was leaving and when you were watching it. So I think it was 2017. Yeah, maybe. I think it might have been. Because um, I didn't leave in 2016. I was still working. We were still working together then. Yeah. So I think, it, yeah. yeah. Because I, as I, I mean, obviously the D storyline went on for... It was supposed to be like six weeks and it went on for like two years. <laughs> so I remember and I remember getting the mugs and the t-shirts and stuff. And then I left towards the end of the year or midway through that year. But you'd started rewatching at the start of the year. So I think it was 2017. 
Uh, well, while we're talking about this, I'll just give you an update on Neighbours Guy because everybody asks about <laughs> Neighbours Guy. I swear, this is what every, everyone who listens always asks me about Neighbours Guy. Hey, Mark, it's, <laughs> it's, it's good to have a side story. I would not be putting up with this shit. So, you know, if anything, I hope this is a lesson to you. Or maybe it's a lesson to anyone listening in being calmer and nicer person than me because I could. How long have you had Neighbours Guy talking to you now? Two years? Oh, like. It's coming up to two, two years. years of this guy. It's I could not. Uh, yeah, I, I'd have flown to Australia to have words. I think at this point. So, so he's always messaging. But there's always like an unread. It comes up unread, but I don't open the messages ever and read them. Okay, so it's always just there. And sometimes they get deleted before I read them and come back again. Anyway, here I've, I'm going to read them live right now. So the last one it's got a week ago, and it says five new messages. So I have no idea what they say. <laughs> so let's have a look, everyone. He'll know you've read it now. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I've got, please let me know what's going on. Are you helping me or what? That's fine. Ignore me. We're done. <laughs> oh. And then, <laughs> and, then he's, <laughs> and then he sent me uh, a clip of... Fine, ignore me. We're done. Um... <laughs> And then he sent me a clip saying, these are from BBC One Scotland, um, with complete credits and hi-fi. Um, and then he said, fine, I bid you farewell. I've tried being nice. And then, he put, <laughs> and then he's put, if you still want to trade, let me know after that. Anyway, he said that before. He said that about a year ago. Anyway, so we'll see what happens. What I was, um, what made me think of him was they're all streaming now. He's not whoever he's been harassing for 2012 episodes, which I don't have. It's now all on streaming for him. He wants so the adverts, he's doesn't be he? Happy. Well, not, well, not necessarily. I thought he wanted like all the adverts and things at that time. Or have I just imagined that? Um, he had some of them, but um, and I had some of them, but I don't know. It depends what his collection's like. If if they're all going to end up on there, then if it makes him happy, that's great. <laughs> You just need to reply with if he get just say like twenty twelve episodes and now on streaming service. I hope this pleases you, as if you've made it happen. Or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I know you kept asking me, so I made sure. I couldn't. I couldn't fulfill it. So what I did was I got in touch with Amazon. <laughs> For customer services, because they've got a great customer service. I was like, "Hey, can you put 2012 on?" He could be getting. He could be like, "These aren't good quality. I want them on DVD." When are you coming out? And he could be messaging Amazon for all we know, asking for all this stuff. He could. He could have been. He could have been doing that with the customer services at Amazon. Yeah, good customer service. But yeah, that's what. So that's what we've been watching. Let's get on to today's story: the horns of Nymon. So, how did you watch this? Uh, so I did. One in one sitting, and then two, three, and four in the second sitting. Oh, okay. That's a different set. I don't know if that means you found that a struggle to begin with. I re- I struggled to begin with, and my plan was actually I was going to do two and three, or two, and then three and four on the Sunday, and I ended up doing two, three, and four. But one I really struggled with. I got to the end of it. I was like, oh, no, no, I can't. That's it tonight. <laughs> I've I feel done. like I'm saying this a lot, really, but this is one, yeah, that I've never really liked too much. Oh, I did enjoy it. By the end, I really enjoyed it. But that first episode was a struggle. Like, and I don't know why. Again, it could have just been 
when I chose to watch it, whatever. But I don't think it was because so I did that Friday night and I like no like I literally was just like yeah, I had a takeaway and I was like, okay, let's do this. And I literally I did one, I was like, oh no. <laughs> this I have to stop. I cannot do another one tonight. And then when I went to watch the second one, I thought, right, okay, let's just do we're gonna have to do it at some point, let's just do it. And I ended up watching it all. Okay, well, yeah, it's got a bit of a reputation of being a bit over the top, not what the best Tom Baker story, a bit cheap looking. I know I always say it's cheap looking. It will get better, everyone. When we head into the 80s, it will get better, I'm sure. Yeah, the acting, what's his name? Soul Deed, it's sort of known for his overacting and his over the topness. The Nyman aren't the best monsters. So in terms of reputation, I think people people do like it, but because it's so sort of bad. Who I loved, and this will surprise you, is um, oh, I don't know his name, but you know the guy that like they're like you're going to save us, and he's like, uh. oh, oh, Seth, yes, yeah, Seth, <laughs> Seth. I love Seth. I was like, poor Seth, and I love the joke about like, well, like what's the name's going to like give us here of the rest of his life, poor Seth. Like I loved Seth, and I loved having that sort of character that was like the reluctant hero, the one that's just sort of like stumbled into it and everyone thinks it and it's like, yeah, okay, don't let you down. <laughs> well, this is another one that's got a bit sort of a link to, well, it's supposed to be a bit like the Minotaur and the Labyrinth and stuff as well. And it came out in a DVD box set. There was three, it was called Myths and Legends and it's notorious because it was terrible. It was this one, the green screen one, and right. the one where the master was in Atlantis with the girl with the tits. <laughs> you know, you know the master sort of was flirting with that woman in Atlantis, and it had top. Oh that. yes, yes. <laughs> Which uh, they've all got really, and they were all sort of lumped together in one DVD box set. It was like the three worst stories. They had to lump them together in a box set. I don't think they would have sold on their own at all. I think it's because the initial elements of setting up the story, I was a bit like, I was confused who everyone was, which is pretty standard, but there was a lot of people at once and like a lot of, it's a doctor and canine and then Ramona's Ramana. gone. And it, like, it was, there was a lot, Ramona. Why do I call Ramona? I, I think there was just like a lot of things happening. That I was just like, I don't. And then right at the end, you see the... Nymon. I was going to say Troopador. <laughs> it's not a Troopador at all. The Nymon. And I think I just got to the end of it. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but as it went through, there was other elements of the story that I think kept me going to the point where I was like, all right, now I'm ready to see. And they had some good cliffhangers. Oh, well, I was going to say, these are the worst cliffhangers. These are the worst. I, I thought actually they the sense of threat of the cliffhanger felt good. No, not at all. Okay, right. <laughs> well, let's just start then because I've made notes. So I put it's a really bad opening scene, and okay, the spaceship is supposed to be falling apart and stuff, but it's the worst set. It's on this weird level. They're weird office chairs covered in foil, just a load of whatever we can find, and you've got these two guys just chatting about with weird helmets on giving us all of this info dump straight away it's not interesting to look at yeah. they're a bit boring 
Uh, but we find out they've got this shipment, and the shipment, then they walk through, and it's these... I'm going to call them... What should, what should we call them? The kids. We'll call them the kids. The <laughs> kids, the yeah. And they've got the kids. They're trying to explain the plot and everything. Oh, we've got this shipment, blah, blah. But just the way that the dialogue is done... It's really... I think this, this is what I struggled with. I was like... It, the, and, and when he walks through and he goes like weakling scum and then walks back again it's like there's no point in that it was just to show us that what the cargo um, is but he didn't have to do it in that way and this is what is embarrassing if you're going to like show someone Doctor Who you would not show them like this first episode this is what in the 90s would embarrass <laughs> me about Doctor Who it's just, it's just not there, there's some great ideas in this whole story but just the way it's done is just not in a very good. I don't know. It's just this is on Saturday night on TV. It's just like oh, it's a bit cringy. Um, and then you go to the Doctor in the TARDIS. I think I feel like I don't know if it's Tom Baker getting bored or they they've run out of things to do. He's always fixing the TARDIS. We know that. But then that whole scene just went on and on with you got K nine and his head goes upside down and there's explosions and. It was just like, let's put Tom Baker on the TARDIS and improv for five minutes. It just went on and on and on with these silly jokes. And then Romana... Yeah, I Romana's agree. Like, was- Romana's actually playing it. She's the one, the only one that's actually playing it for serious, for real. And I feel like it's Tom Baker's just being silly with tricks just for... And it went on and on and on. And it wasn't even filmed very I well. I agree, yeah. I, and, I mean, it, you know, with the sparks going off on the TARDIS, he puts his scarf over the top of it i feel like that wasn't supposed to happen like <laughs> it just was not interesting there was one bit i'm really jumping ahead here but when he finally gets the tardis to go back on again and it doesn't happen straight away and all the silly noises and stuff when he got with the springs it like he, just, he looks like confused and then it starts moving like and i was like i wonder why didn't they just reshoot that <laughs> It's really obvious that someone was supposed to move something and didn't. Yeah, it just feels... Maybe it's the direction. I should have looked up who directed this. I might do that in a second because I feel like it's directed very badly because everyone's just sort of on a different level. All the different actors are doing something a bit different, I feel. Do you know what? I could be really wrong in this because I I really don't know. But I think you might get a bit of hate for this. I think there'll be a lot of people out there oh, that no, like I'm this. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. And I'm, I've said to myself, I should be more positive, but I just haven't been. It just came out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll carry on. <laughs> I no, But I do agree. The, I think the first episode is really poor. It was really draggy and just... And, like, unless there was a lot of, like you say, just that scene with the TARDIS and stuff... It just didn't go anywhere. Just nothing happened. This is just padding on just being silly for the sake of being silly. Although positives, clothes watch, Romana's outfit, her sort of... Oh, I was going to ask this. Yeah, go on. It's sort of like fox hunting, but I suppose she's in red for the bullfight type thing as well. She's in red and white, isn't she? It's like like fox hunting thing. Yeah, with the... I didn't like it. I thought that was my favourite. I thought it was good. She's very doctorish in it. I think it's that though. I think like I don't like how doctorish she but then, looked. This story, I mean, I do like Romana too. You you haven't been so positive on her, and I've always liked her. But watching her in order that we have, this is the difference. Watching it in order, she's been fairly weak so far. She had a few moments, but I felt this was the first story in order where she really came into her own, and she has some really strong moments. There's a couple of moments where. She sh- when she shouts at Soldeed, she has two sort of 
head-to-heads with him. She goes off on her own a lot. She's got her own sonic screwdriver. She goes <laughs> a bit later on. She has her own. And she's with the kids a lot, sort of helping them. And it's almost like Romana's the doctor who got Seth and Tika, her companions, for a lot of the time. I just felt she really just came into her own in this for the first time. She's really got it. I, I agree. I, I felt this was her strongest story so far. And there was some really strong moments from her with the dialogue of that. I felt she had the best part in this, and I was more interested in the scenes with her in. I know it's just the Doctor, because he's he's either talking to K-9 or he's talking to himself, talking about being, again, a little bit too silly sometimes and jokey. He was... He wasn't doing a lot. Like obviously, he does. He's he's there to move. He moves it along, and like you know, when he's fixing things, that's what he does. But he wasn't actively involved. And all the scenes he goes into were very like flippant, as in as if there's no sense of danger or trepidation. It's like well, and that is what he does. But I think this is the first time that I really felt it's too much. I don't like where I really felt it because sometimes I think like it, it works well that sort of offhand like okay we're in a situation and last week I thought it worked well because he came in and, he's, and he sort of lied oh well we're this but this sick week he's just like well I'm the doctor and they're like what he's like yeah and he just and it's like it was too flippant and too I just didn't like it yeah because I complained about it a couple of times this season already and you've been fine with it <laughs> but it hasn't been as but, much but I mean I didn't like. As as the doctor, there's a lot of liberty taken as to he's been in this role a long time right now. How I many what's it been four? Six. Six. It's a long time in a role. This is the point where I'm like, okay, I'm ready for you to go now. Because like the bit with like K9, where the K I don't know what happens, K9's head goes on upside down, and he starts blowing through, like giving him like mouth to mouth sort of thing. Yeah, and yeah. And then that cliffhanger, this is where I didn't like it was a weird cliffhanger at the end of part one. They're in the TARDIS. Oh, the part one was, was like, awful. I agree with that. Knew... Two and three had good cliffhangers, but part one was, was awful. Like someone there was just, there was no music. It was just the Doctor going, "Oh no!" with K nine, and the cliffhanger music just came in, and it was like they were just in the middle of a scene. It didn't. I don't know what happened. It just was a really awkward cliffhanger. Estimated mass equivalent to two hundred and twenty million tons. Two hundred and twenty million tons. That's not an asteroid. That's a planet. Diameter 96.4 kilometres, approaching at a speed of Mach 9.3. 9.3? It's coming right for us. And then, the, and then he gets the Rosetta thing and puts it on K9. And, but it's a bit too silly because that takes all the... Th- like, if he's doing stuff like that, then you feel like, well, actually, it's not a life-threatening situation because he's been silly putting badges on K9 and stuff. And also, it's so early on for them to be in that sense of danger. We know that there's no sense of danger, really, for them, because it's the first one. <laughs> there's a whole story to go. You can have a sense of danger that opens up possibilities. Like, so you could have that early on and be like, it opens up to what's going to happen next. This just felt like we're putting them, we're, this is where we're going to end it because it feels like a logical place. We've reached the mark. We'll pad this out a bit and make it work but i agree and actually i'll be completely honest i completely miss that the tardis wasn't moving because there was that much faffing about going on early on i wasn't really following it properly so i i kind of switched off a little bit to it so when he when he I mean, he's like we can't move and everything's not working i was like oh 
I, I felt it a little bit at the end of the last one, but this one I really felt there's a lot of advantage taken and a lot of liberties being taken. Because actually, when I think of him as a doctor and you think how he's played it for how all these years, this isn't how it's been. And I don't know whether that's just him getting bored and therefore this is coming through, which is why I was quite happy that he wasn't in a lot. And and I felt confident that there was enough other elements of the story to move the story along. Well, okay, well, let's go to Skonos then when we go to this planet. Okay, you've had all of that and now you have the operatic feather hat people. Now, I love the guards' feather outfits. I loved them. I don't know why they reminded me of crows and I loved it. No, 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 I didn't like it. I was like, I couldn't believe when we went to the other planet that they had the exact same outfits. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're a completely different planet. Do you not have your own style? They were completely impractical, but I loved them. And I will not have a bad word said about them, Mark. <laughs> they were so ridiculous. And I loved it. And like, it's like I killed my enemy and now it's my thorn on my head or whatever. Oh, no. you know? it just does it. it. It's impractical and it just makes them look a bit silly. <laughs> Those puffy sleeves were so impractical. <laughs> and and Sol Deed's in the big collar and everything with his staff. And He felt like a wizard. Yeah, he does look a bit like a wizard, yeah. But then you've got they've made this really cheap set and it's it's um all the metal and you can hear all the clanking on the metal. Throughout this whole story, wherever they are, it's clanking metal really bad. And I, I, the only bit I liked about the set was later on when it all starts lighting up and it's got like the sort of triangles that light up. It looks a bit like a really cheap X Factor stage sort of thing that you get on one of those shows. <laughs> That's what it looked like. <laughs> but uh, it's not a very interesting planet. It's It's a planet of like old guys that have passed their best that are like trying to get gain power basically and they and the Nymon has come in they think there's only one so they're giving this is what I was trying to get my head around okay so we've got the sacrifices which is the crystal things that the kids are holding but then they also have to take the kids so they want the crystals and the kids and they've been doing this for however long and I'm sure I should have done my research but I'm sure there's Greek myth based on that of something Around well, there. I mean, sacrificing yeah. isn't the yeah, first yeah, time yeah. I've had this one, Doctor Who. Yeah. So they love a sacrifice. Oh, and I have to say, okay, when we're talking about the kids as well, okay, Seth and Tika are great. They're the only ones paid to be talking, but those background ones are awful. Oh my God, were you, <laughs> did you see any of them? They are terrible at just standing there in the background <laughs> for whatever's going on. Their reactions are not great. They are awful. They are absolutely terrible. Because they didn't do anything i didn't really think about them too much they were just sort of told where to be they were just sort of standing there in the background like but seth and tika maybe a new couple of the season oh yeah i loved them i loved them i love seth so much i feel like, like... they're following they are following in the in the footsteps of the great altos and sabitha in a way i think i think it had just been like regular teenagers and somehow it was it was the twist of his character being the reluctant hero like or the not the reluctant hero sorry like well he said he was a prince didn't he and he wasn't and then they're like and she all she says is she got a bit she got on my nerves a little bit all she said was what's happening what are you gonna do what's that why is that <laughs> Every, every single thing I think was a question, apart from when she's saying to Seth, "You're gonna do, you're gonna save us, aren't you?" And he's just like, "You're gonna save us, aren't you?" 
and that's it. And all he said, all he said. <laughs> I don't know why. I just loved it. I love the chat when he's like, I just said I was, and they think I'm going to say for more. And like, it's just, and it's not like he's not trying. But like, he, he's yeah, genuinely. He does try, but all he <laughs> says to her is, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know what's happening. I don't know. Well, of course he doesn't know what's happening. He has no idea. He's just been he's been taken from the planet as much as anyone else. Because I kept thinking, like, will he step up? Will he not? Is that how they play it? He just never stepped. Like, because it's not like he doesn't step up. Like he is trying, but he's not like it's not it's not like um of okay, let's go back to previous Ramona's face and the her lover. Oh, you're talking which about Merak and Astra. He was just a medic, but he loved her so much that, like, he was willing to sacrifice and do all this stuff. This guy's not that. This guy's like, just, and I loved it. Oh, yeah, I am glad they're there. It was, it did add to the story if they weren't there. It provided a light relief, but not in, like, a, going back to that story, what was his name? Mara. The Cockney. Oh, Drax. No, the Cockney. Yeah, not like in a Drax way, in a completely different way. It provided a little bit of light relief. It's the first time that I can think of that we've had anything like that. He's just a regular person who probably fancies a girl. And she's gone, well, who are you? And he's sort of lied because he's sort of stumbled in there. And she's gone, oh, well, you'll save us, won't you? He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's hoping to get one in later. Like, he's just a teenage boy that stumbled into some trouble. I loved it so much. I didn't much. like, in part one, the bit, where it all goes slow motion because the gravity's getting heavy or something and it all goes weird. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of part one I didn't enjoy. And that really co-pilot is really one. annoying, the co-pilot guy. Romana has a go at him. He's the one that says... We yes, go. yeah, yeah. And he gets killed, going ahead, he gets killed at the end of part two. You shall die. <gasps> Mercy, Lord Naiman! I brought you the tribute! And he's very well known for, I don't know if you notice, when he gets shot by the Nymon, his trousers are split open. His trousers split. So no. Everyone's oh like, he, he's the trouser split guy. But then I'm going to have to go back and look at that. This is new. I think they split before he filmed that because, I mean, I, <laughs> I was sort of look, looking, at, <laughs> looking at him and you can see that they're split in a couple of scenes before that. So I think they finally do completely rip open when he falls on the floor and gets shot. There's a massive tear right up in his trousers. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to go look. I'm going to have to look. I'll have to go back and look now. I'll put myself through that torture again. Yeah, that's a, a bit of an undignified ending. What do you think of the Nime on them when they do turn up? Because there's all this talk of them and they're this... It's a strange design. I'll tell you what it reminded me of. Um, the w- one with Bokken... The demon one was much more impressive. Well, the demon, he sort of had tights on, didn't he? These are like a, a leotard with a helmet. Well, the demon was like a whole yeah. beast of a man. Do you know like, what I mean? He had the I legs. And... They've got their, they hold themselves quite stiff. It doesn't really help that they're sort of walking around a bit. Well, probably because they're trying to balance that head. They're probably literally staying stiff because they're trying to balance. It's probably not like one complete thing. It's probably been put on the head. And they're trying to balance it so it doesn't fall and off. They've got their sort of pharaoh type eleganza skirt thing on. <laughs> yeah, I thought well, all that felt in keeping. But because I think because it was a mask and no eyes moved, no mouth moved, it was someone. It could have literally been someone in a helmet. They could have taken the helmet off and been like, "I'm the Nymon, really," or something. You don't really know. 
I just think like they serve their purpose, but they're not the best monster ever. They just didn't fit to what I expected them to be. I think they'd be a good monster somewhere else. I mean, someone will probably break it down why Naimon and it's probably some sort of like mythical. Well, it's supposed to be like the Minotaur in the maze, isn't it? So they've got the horn. That's what it is a Minotaur. It is a Minotaur. And I think you could have had a, oh, what was the one? Oh, what was that story? And they were and they were underground. It's, it's the one with Fingy's son as the um, as the prince and the king. Oh, Peladon. Yeah. And didn't they have something like a minotaur, but it wasn't oh, a yeah, minotaur? Agador, they were he has one horn. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Mark, it's a good job you know what I mean. That guy's so... <laughs> that guy's, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> um, but so, so that felt like in keeping with the story. And I think just seeing him on a spaceship like that, it just didn't feel in keeping in any way. It just felt a little bit... It could have been a really cool, spacey design. And it. I, I just didn't feel it fit. You know, for them to believe to worship him, even within the design of everything, there should have been something that hinted to, like, believe in these sort of Greek Well, well the, they're invaders, thing. so they have... They've come to this planet because they invade loads of different planets. So they've come to say, I don't, yeah, I don't know how that's set up. And I don't know how they were like, you need to sacrifice this many for us to come here. Yeah, it, it's a bit of like a con. They're sort of con artists in a way, being like, there's only one of me. You bring me sacrifices. I will then bring your planet back to whatever's happened on Skonos or whatever. Because yeah, Solomon yeah, yeah. is like, so like, he's a bit, he's so desperate for this to be leader of this planet. He is over the top, right? You fool! You are all doomed! Yeah. Too, like, does he ruin the story? No, but he is over the top. But I think it was a nice balance to some other people that weren't, like, the teenagers. I think that's what it is. You ha- it's just this opposite. You've got those very... You've got a lot of opposite. Understated teenagers that are like, what's going on? Oh, no. And then you've got him, like... <laughs> His death, Soldi's death, the whole... Oh, it's oh, so dramatic. And then he's like, it goes on and on and on and on. And I prefer that to the other extreme. This is like a panto. This is proper panto. I'm fine with that I'm, because it helps me. I'm like, well, I know who this guy All is. All Soldi needed was that puff of smoke every time he walked onto the set and walk through it, which he sort of does with that grey curtain thing. You're a wizard, Soldi. That, that weird sort of like, it's green screen, but grey curtain thing that he walks through, they go through it. He, that is, and everyone, you just need all the kids booing and throwing sweets and stuff. I suppose it did bring a bit of life to it. But it's a bit like, isn't he the male version of what's her name we had in the pit? You know, Lady Astra. It's a bit like that. And actually, there's a lot of similar, <laughs> I found a lot of similarity. Because then when K9 comes into it, they pick up K9, try and take him apart. Uh, yeah, that, very when they had him on the table, I was like, that's what they had in Creature from the Pit. K9 on the table. What is it? Oh, it's a dog. Oh, it's a computer. Use him as a weapon. I, I felt it was a little bit similar to, to all of that. So when I was watching, I was like, oh, this is not interesting. Speaking of K9. I mean, he did help save. He blasted a load of Naimon and stuff. He didn't do as much in this. He is kept out of it for a while. No, he wasn't. I felt like he wasn't as useless as he was in the other ones. The only bit of dialogue that I did like for his sass was when he asked to get off the table and then just walked off. 
that was the only bit where I was like, I'm living for this sass because this guy, like, what can he do? This He obviously shoots and can hurt. <laughs> he just lets him walk out. It all just felt really unnecessary. It, all it was was delaying K9 getting to the doctor. That's the whole point of that thing, was to delay his eventual arrival. Because he can just blast everyone. And I felt like that part four was a bit of a padding until you got right to the end. There was a bit of a runaround. Actually, what I did like, let's go to some positives. <laughs> um, I did <laughs> like the idea of that maze where they go in and it shifts around. And I love Romani that, yeah. And the kids are walking around trying to find their way out and the doctor's sort of walking around. I did like the way that that went on. I felt like that was that was interesting. That was a good, clever concept. And cheap. And what you can do on a budget, because you just move the corridor three walls around and then film it again and walk up and down and film it again. That's what you can do on a budget. You can be clever on a budget. Yeah, I, I liked that. I enjoyed, the, I enjoyed like, them working out why people were, what happened to sacrifices, and then later on we see the guy on the table. The guy on the table's great, and that set's really good with the two levels. Do you remember the art, the arc in space, where with Vira and the and Noah, uh, Vira and Noah? Yeah, 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 I remember. Oh, no, I've gone to the arc Oh, one, no, that was, was the Dodo one, the arc in space with Noah and Vira. And the nose. No, that's um, Wheel in Space. Very close. <laughs> Ark in Space. Uh, it's the fourth Doctor, Harry and Sarah. And the uh, it's like the second fourth Doctor story where Harry and Sarah are on there and you've got Noah and Vira are running and there's a big Wirren bug things that are taking over and it green um, bubble wrap. Yes, yeah, a green... Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know when they're all in those... Um, suspended animation things with two levels it's exactly like that it's just a smaller version of that that's a really good set i enjoyed how he literally stepped forward and then she gone and them trying to find her and she ends up in that room you see him you've got, you saw him like at the end of one beginning of two and then you don't see him again until it's about episode three and he's on a table and like preparing the body and stuff i was like i, I enjoyed that um more nine on land and they're invading and again, it's just this really... Oh, that was it, because that's the end of part three where Romana accidentally, she goes off and then the, what's his name, Soldi comes in and blasts the thing. I thought that was a really good one because it's right in his face. I, I thought that was... A... Normally, there's space, because he was so close, I kind of felt like there's nowhere for him to go. What's going to happen? Cliffhanger would happen just before. So he comes in, blasts, it's a close-up of the Doctor's face and he's looking like, oh, Romana... And then Soldi comes in with the thing. And I don't know, it's the direction of it, I think, because there's a really long pause between Soldi sort of saying anything and blasting. And it's a really awkward, like, it feels like, what camera are we going to? What is going to happen next? And then, again, there's no music to any of these cliffhangers. And that's, I think there's that's not. what it is. I, I did like the actual, actual bit of cliffhanger, which is when, and now I will destroy you. And he's right there in his face. And I kind of felt he has nowhere to go. Like, it's just him. And I, normally they're far off or there'll be something, you know, where you feel like he'll jump out or something will happen. And I thought, well, hang on, Romana's gone. Kids are out in the corridor. He's sort of, he's like trapped. So I thought that was a really good one. It, it was enough, put it this way, Mark, it was enough for me to carry on watching. Well, there we go. It's a success then. <laughs> Which And that's the episode two one, isn't it? Oh, no, three. Um, that was three, yeah. 
Okay, and then I think it's Seth that comes in and blasts him or bounces the blast off or something. No, no, the Nymon come in. Oh, the Nymon. Don't know. Seth comes in and no, Seth shoots him. Seth's got the gun and shoots him. Yeah, you're right. Seth shoots Seth him. Seth shoots him. Yeah. Um, and this is where Seth and Tika, they are just completely useless. They're just asking questions for the rest of the story, unfortunately. Um, but there's not much else for them to do because then Romana goes off to this other planet, which looks like all the others. But brilliant scene with her and that guy. It's interesting that there's a new guy that's introduced in part four. Okay, he gets shot pretty early on, but at least she's got someone to talk to with that new guy. And I thought, okay, at least we've got another character, so another element to this story. And I think it helped cement because at this point they're just coming over and you're like, why? And going to the planet and he looks exactly like, <laughs> he looks exactly like the other guy in the same clothes and everything. And it kind of cements what's happening really quickly. I thought that scene was really good. I thought both the acting was really strong. He, Yeah, he was good, wasn't he? Um, I'm, he was really good, and so was Romana. Like, yeah, this is where it was like she is the doctor; she is doing her own thing. This is where I was, yeah, I was really enjoying. You sort of see like the vulnerability of it, what he's done. He helped that even her getting back on, and he gets shot. All of that, I thought it it could have just been her, and she's like, "Well, I'm gonna get back." But it, I think it it really just helped shape a bit more of like what could happen. Because then she could go back and go, no, this is what's happening. Like, we know exactly because they've just done it. And I've just talked to a guy who's dead. Yeah, I, I I, thought all of that scene of her on the planet after she meets him was really good. Once um, Soldine gets killed, then it sort of wraps up quite quickly. It all ends up in an explosion, basically. And then I'm on a banished back to this black hole. And that's the black hole that they encountered at the beginning, which they were being sucked towards or something like that. Yeah, so all- I was all a bit confused by that, but yeah. I, I got um, what but happened. not before yet. Yeah, when Soldine died, that's when Romana has a go at Soldine. That's really good. OTT death. I put. <laughs> then I again. I enjoyed what she said to him. I enjoyed her dialogue of like, "Well, how many have you yeah, seen?" Yeah. You know, that is <laughs> that is the most oh. famous quote from the story. Loads of people say that, and he calls her a meddlesome hussy. That's funny as well. <laughs> so, so, so there are some good lines in this. Some great. Again, it's a the Douglas Adams. Ish, ish kind of lines in there I feel those moments and then at the end we end up with a bit of a joke I mean I was going to say sexual chemistry watch again but you know there's that sort of what does the doctor say to Romana at the end come on old girl you've still got lots of something life in you I was going to ask just going back a little bit he goes on about keeping the ship white yes that is a Greek myth reference right I was so confused I was like um, what is this I- there's a story in the Greek myths where they put white sails on a ship or something. Oh, because he said it was black and he told them to paint it white, not like last time. Or something like that. And I was like, what's he on about? Yeah, it's a very... And then it confused me. That was the only bit that I was a bit confused about, actually. Oh, yeah. So apparently King Agias, oh God, told Theseus that upon returning to Athens, he was to fly a white sail if he had triumphed over the Minotaur and to instruct the crew to raise a black sail if he had been killed. For Theseus, forgetting his father's direction, flew a black sail as he returned. Oh, and obviously something must bad must have happened. It's a Minotaur thing, yeah. A bit like that, uh, the green screen one, with all the um, Greek myth sort of hints, They but they turned it a bit spacey to that one, didn't yeah. they? And wasn't there something cool? Wasn't one of the 
Jason, wasn't it this Jasonite, that crystal that what's his name gave? Yeah, like, yeah. The Argonauts, I, I imagine again. Yeah, sorry. Going just going back, he says, um, he says to Romana so, or something about the TARDIS, like, oh, there's still life in the old girl or something. And she's like, oh, thank you, yeah, thank yeah, you, Doctor. And then she does that that look. I was like, oh. <laughs> that was the only time though, and then he's like, no, I mean the TARDIS. It- but it just felt quite a cheap sort of joke, actually. It is, I, I, I don't I'm, know. I need to look up because that like it felt like a really easy yeah. joke. I I need to do a bit more information about Tom Baker and Lala Ward to you because there are times, or there is some coming up where this is before they get married. They have massive route. They do not talk to each other. Well, like he does not look at her. In scenes, he refused to look at her. Oh, really? They, not, they like argue proper bad, and there's stories of like really bad, like literally opposite. So they come do the scenes and opposite sides on the set. And he and he Why? are scenes where you can see where he's not. It's like, is it a good day or a bad day? Is he looking at her or not in scenes? Yeah. Why? Because like, I don't know. It's just their their relationship, I suppose. Like their marriage lasted six months. Right, <laughs> and they never spoke again. Oh, really? I've never seen. Oh, wow. Show. And they've, there's loads of CD like audio that they've done since, but they record separately and it's put together afterwards. So they they've never been in the same room since, ever, ever, ever. What happened? Like they just what happened? I don't know. I don't know. But they would never. And when she does um, commentaries and stuff, I think it might be on this commentary. Uh, they're obviously not on the same commentaries uh, or or anything, but. Lala Ward, she's quite funny. She ended up marrying Richard Dawkins, the um, yeah, I did actually yeah. know that. Um, yeah, yeah. And whenever she's asked at conventions or on the on you know interviews and stuff, what's your favourite monster? She always says Tom Baker. <laughs> I mean, no one's ever said like what happened, why it broke down so badly. He wrote in his autobiography. I think they were just like it's not working, and then one day. He was like, yeah, I don't think this is working. She's like, no, I don't think so either. And then she packed her stuff and left and that was it. They just never spoke or did any, saw each other again. It just... But that's such an extreme... It was to just, never... Like, considering well, that they do work in the same circles, then to never even be on the same... No, like, like, there's got to be more to it than that. I don't know. I don't know. Well, she got remarried and he's been remarried and stuff, so I don't that's know. That's what but I mean. Like, equal, that's why you'd think, like, do you know what? If something just ended, you wouldn't have an issue being in the same room together. I don't know. I think it might be him rather than her. I think she would be okay. I think could she... She was like, when am I going to record with him? And... I don't think, for whatever reason, he doesn't want to anything to do with her. So it's quite, yeah, it's quite a behind the scenes on this. <laughs> like, That's just probably the most interesting part of the season yes. then. I appreciate this more. Maybe I I wouldn't say like I necessarily enjoyed it this time watching this one. I, did, I don't think I would go back to it very much, but I appreciate it. And I can see why people do enjoy the sort of theatricalness of it. Uh, and the over the topness of it. I think that's what people like. And there is a good story there somewhere as well. I'll only go back to watch that guy's plant split. Yeah, end of, go- and I'll probably go to YouTube and find yeah, a clip. End of part two. <laughs> but it's not one that I'd be fussed about revisiting. I didn't think it was awful. I just felt like there was just lots of elements that all didn't click. But there were some really strong elements. Like we've talked about the doors and like the walls moving and stuff like that. And, um, 
there were some things that I did like, and I liked. There were some really good scenes. There were some strong acting. I, th- I said this. I think is the strongest Ramona, Ramona. story so far. Ramona. <laughs> I knew as it came out. As it came out. Oh, we're gonna get comments on that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that's gone. Like I know it's Ramona, and I keep saying Ramona. Well, I hope people aren't too annoyed that I've been a bit harsh on this one. I promise, I, I just can't help it. I, I sat down to watch. I was like, right, I'm not going to be harsh, and I just, oh, there's just a few. There's just parts that are just. It's not the doc, the style of Doctor Who that I necessarily appreciate. Doctor Who comes in all different styles and productions, and ver- well, you know, all different versions. And this sort of version is not my favourite version of it. I think that's that's what. And I'm that's fine. Say. That's fine. Well, in 1979, this would have been the last story of the season. Oh, really? But we do have another one to go. Oh. Because they, the next story, it's called Sharda. Right. They started, they got halfway through making it and there was another strike. And the BBC were like, we can't we have to reschedule stuff and it just never happened and it got cancelled and they never finished making it. So like half, they did location filming, they did half the studio. It's, it, you know, the footage is still exists. Um, so hang on, this episode that's next was supposed to be the end yeah. of season, but actually this ended up being the yes, end of season. Yeah. Right. But okay. we are going to watch the last one, Sharda, for this season because it got completed uh, it came out on DVD a couple of years ago, so they've done it half animation, half using the real footage. Oh, okay. Back to re- to voice the anima- the missing parts. So I think on BritBox, just to warn you, I've got the DVD. They put it in six episodes on the DVD. I think it's like a done as an all in one like f- film, basically on BritBox. So you might want to just oh, do it in blocks. But it is a six episode story. I think it's like an hour and a half, okay. just in one on BritBox. I Alive, think it is yeah. still on okay. Breakbox. But it, just to let you know, so it cu- it cuts between real footage from the time and animation in the bits that they haven't How done. How cool! So I think we should do it. It's a really good story. It's ri- actually written by Douglas Adams as well. Um, okay. So this, they've tried various... Uh, we'll go into it next week, actually. I'll do the whole history of it next week. But I just thought I'd warn you that that's what it was in case you were like, what the hell yeah. is this? I would say it's my favourite of the season. <laughs> that didn't actually exist, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, the BBC were like Mark's favourite is one that didn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> but yeah, they were just like, even though they filmed half of it, they were like, we're not carrying on. We've cancelled it. So um, there you go. We'll look forward to that because I think maybe people were wondering if we would be doing it or not. But yes, of course we are. So <laughs> of course we are. Of course we are. <laughs> Let's not deny Sarah. Anything? No, no, you have to get the full <laughs> picture of Doctor Who. Uh. I really have. <laughs> so, yes, uh, join us next week for Sharda. And in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 2WatchWho. You can support us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash 2WatchWho. Thank you for people that have bought us coffees recently. That's very nice. Yeah, thank you thank so you. much. We really appreciate all the yeah. support. And you can also... Uh, listen to us on YouTube as well if you want just more and more people seem to be listening on YouTube I don't know why and commenting and stuff so cool. appreciate the comments <laughs> bye YouTube bye. Uh, yeah we'll see you next week 
Bye. Bye. <laughs> to watch who.